Hi, I'm Ben. And I'm Zach. And I'm Caleb. And welcome to the Swiss Army Vault. Today we are reviewing Swiss Army Man, which for some reason I think I called Swiss Army Knife on my dog. No, I didn't. Uh, but this is a movie directed by Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert, so two Daniels, uh, in the year, I believe it was 2016, and it grossed $5.8 million to a $3 million budget with a Rotten Tomato score of 71%. Zach, what did you think of this movie? This is a movie about a real jack-of-all-trades, or could you say Zach-of-all-trades? Because my name's Zach. Little business plug there. Selfless plug. <laughs> Selfless plug is above yeah. myself. Yes, and uh, so yeah, there's a lot to dig into here, uh, but first we have to give this a uh, a a watch, botch, or top notch uh, before we get going on our full thoughts of this. Uh, this is a, a, an interesting one when it comes to these three categories. Uh, take it away, Zach. Uh, well, first, I'd like to say this is probably, if not the weirdest, the second weirdest movie I've ever watched, just right next to The Lobster. And I I, I really liked it, actually. Just spoiler alert, I really liked it. So I'm going to give this a watch. It's definitely not a top-notch. Like, if I didn't watch this, I would still be a happy human being. But <laughs> it's it's definitely a watch. Like, I would recommend watching it if you want to, like, explore some weird scenarios. Sorry, guys. We had a little bit of technical difficulties in our recording because we are not in person yet again this episode. So uh, we were uh, when we before we stopped the recording, we had uh, been at Caleb's uh, botch watcher top notch, and probably what was happening is that um, the Wi-Fi is repulsed by the sound of Caleb's voice and does not want to hear him, so it disconnected. So. He, they didn't have to go through that, but we want you to go through that as a listener. So take it away, Caleb. Okay, so I am very surprised that Zach uh, uh, had a movie that he had seen that's weirder than this because I certainly have not. Uh, this is easily the weirdest movie I've ever seen, but I really enjoyed it. Like, really enjoyed it. Um, so I would say watch. When it's right. top notch, but watch. Yeah, in between maybe. I, I agree with you guys fullheartedly. This is a, a watch because the experience is very strange and it's uh, completely unique from anything you'll ever watch. I will say I have definitely seen weirder movies. Zach mentioned The Lobster and Eraserhead is definitely a lot weirder than this movie. So uh, if you want to watch something even stranger than this. But start with this maybe before you venture out into that territory. Uh, but yeah, that's I, I think we all agree that this is just... Uh, fascinating movie to li- to uh, listen to. So now we have to get into the plot, which is a little bit uh, confusing, but also pretty straightforward for the most part. And Caleb's going to tell us how the movie goes. Okay, so um, so in the movie it starts out this guy he's stranded on an island and he's uh, about to kill himself he's about to hang himself um and he's about to do it but then he sees a um man washed up on shore and the man appears to be dead but the this is kind of interesting but the man keeps farting and that's how it all starts like man keeps farting and he uses him to propel him off the island and onto the mainland so <laughs> And he describes it later as like riding a jet ski, which I thought was kind of accurate. Uh, but uh, yeah, so it starts out like that. And so the whole movie, um, uh, the guy is trying to find his way back home. Well, they both are technically. And and as they go on throughout the movie, uh, uh, what's their names? Um, it's Hank and Manny. Hank and Manny. Hank and Manny are trying to find their way back home, and Hank is the guy that's alive, and Manny is like this dead guy that he's bringing back to life um, through helping him remember different things in life. And Manny is helping him get back home by being sort of a tool, and and Hank uses him for things like a water fountain, um, a compass... Um, uh, 
a gun. He used them to hunt animals. He would stick things down his throat and just shoot them out of his mouth. And, uh, and, uh, stuff like that happen occurs throughout the movie. And Hank and Manny become friends. Like they become really good friends. Um, and, uh, you want to take it from here? Yeah. Um, they become good friends. Uh, eventually they, uh, Cut to the chase like he uh he teaches manny a lot of different things about the world and he's like learning manny's learning all these things because he can't remember his past his what his life was and so um so yeah they just kind of go along learn new things he's trying to introduce he dresses up as a girl to get manny to uh try to remember this girl named sarah who was on supposedly manny's phone like his screensaver and um they do a lot of different scenarios like they're on a bus and he's trying to sit next to her and talk to her and uh, or they're dancing or they're at a party or something like something of the sort. And eventually you learn that when they're at a campfire and they realize like they're actually friends now, you know, and then a bear comes. And um, well, after, actually, um, what's the main character's name? I'm so dumb. Hank. Uh, Hank. Hank. OK, I'm not going to forget. Hank finds finds out he sees a cargo buyer, a truck, and he's and he realizes that he's on the mainland like he's close by. And then he goes back to the campfire. There's a bear attack. He bites his he bites Hank's leg, and um, so then Ma he realizes like Manny's actually his good friend. And then Manny's like wondering what is life. He's having all these deep questions like, why should why should people hide their farts from each other? What's what's the problem with that? And it's it's hilarious. But and then they go to the mainland and they like scare this family. But it's actually Sarah's family because uh, Manny takes Hank when Hank is sleeping to uh, Sarah's house, but she already has a husband and, and a child, little girl. And um, the, there's news people there to find them and all the world is kind of just reacting to them at that time. Like what is happening? And then you, and you realize that um, I don't know, I don't know if it's up for interpretation, but I think then correct me if you think that I'm wrong, like that Manny could have possibly been dead the whole time. Yeah. Like, I think that's one of the interpretations you could have. Because movie. nobody sees Hank alive. Everybody think or not Hank. Nobody sees Manny alive. Everybody knows that he's dead. They put him in a body stretcher and then Hank takes him out of the body stretcher, takes him back to the beach and like lets him fart off into the sea. <laughs> yes. And, and it's, uh, it kind of ends the same way that the movie started with the whole farting thing. And uh, definitely uh, I would say this movie is uh, one of the more serious, takes farting the most seriously of any movie I've ever watched. Like, yes, it uses it for joke purposes, but it's also like, it also uses it to set up like questions about life, which definitely sets it apart from other movies. Yeah. Uh, why, why do we hide our farts from each other? Yeah. Why is that embarrassing? Everybody farts. Like they make, a, they made a book called everybody poops. That's in that he references in the um, movie, but why didn't they make one called everyone farts too? I guess. Also, we didn't really mention. <laughs> we didn't really mention, but uh, Caleb is back with us. Uh, he 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 introduced himself sort of at the start, but uh, he was on our very popular "Basic White Girls in the Fall" episode, and now he's joining us for the very first time on a movie review podcast. And I made a few jokes about him, but we're really glad that he's here. And he picked out mm -hmm. this movie actually. So, I did. <laughs> You're yeah, welcome. He, he picked a very uh, a very out there one. I've All actually right. never seen this movie either. Disclosure. Uh, I, I just actually really have. wanted to see it. So. Would, you oh, have, okay. would you have picked it, Caleb, if you had already seen it? Honestly, yeah. <laughs> it's a good movie to do on a podcast. I don't know. It just kind of has that. It uh, is. Yeah, that vibe. Um, the quote of the movie we picked out was uh, when Daniel Radcliffe's character, who uh, from Harry Potter fame, Daniel Radcliffe, Manny says to Hank, you're broken and empty and dirty and smelly and useless and old. You're like trash, right? And this is at the point in the movie where he's just starting to realize, you know, uh, or trying to, like, figure out things and learn what Hank is telling him. And he's, like, sort of repeating things back to Hank. And Hank's like, no, 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 that's not it. You can't just say everything that goes through your head. But he, he's kind of gets to, to Hank a little bit there, too. Uh, Hank is a very sensitive guy which might be why he ended up stranded on an island. But unfortunately, not everybody reacted so positively to this movie. Um, there always has to be a pessimist among us. And in this case, in our outsider review, Kate Muir from uh, the Times UK, 
you know, those English people a lot harder to please. Uh, they, uh, <laughs> the, she gave this a two out of five saying, you have to hand it to David Radcliffe for being willing to try anything for his art, but playing a fart powered corpse in Swiss army man was perhaps a step too far. And that, I mean, it's interesting to think about the fact that, uh, Daniel Radcliffe played, uh, Harry Potter for eight years of his life, I believe from when he was like 11 to 19. And then, you know, he's, that's sort of like, uh, I think it was like eight movies. It was a big deal. And then he's kind of out of that and he's like, okay, what do I do now? And he, he, I'm assuming he could have do, he could have done a bunch of movies and I'm assuming he didn't get paid a lot for this movie either with the budget being $3 million. So, you know, he was just doing it cause he wanted to. And he picked this one, but he did a very good job. Spoilers for the acting category. <laughs> but if you ever find, and now, if you ever find yourself stranded on a deserted island, you might want some uh, insurance. I don't, I don't know whether you can get insurance for that because I don't know how you would get in touch with your insurance provider. But insurance is important to keep you protected. And uh, we recommend you check out Hedman Anglin Agency. HAA is known for saving people money on auto, home, and business insurance, and they would love to help you out on any of your on any of those needs that you may have. So call six one four four eight six seven three zero zero if you have any interest at all. That's six one four four eight six seven three zero zero. And if you do contact them, make sure to tell them that Ben and Zach sent you and saved you from dying on a deserted island as well. Because we're, those, we're yeah. those kind of people. We were the corpses. Yes. That propelled you across the water. Into the, the opening scene is with the, the title scene, actually, is one of the coolest and weirdest scenes where he's just riding on Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, and I'm just like, if you have it, if the first time you watch it, you're just like, what is happening right now? But you can't look away. <laughs> yeah. I, I, the the opening scene, Ben and I were on a, on the phone, and I was like, "This is the weirdest opening scene." I was like, "What is happening right now?" It was kind of weird, but I don't know. It was just like a bunch of things floating in the water, and then it showed this dead corpse, and it's just like he kept farting, and it's just like like a eight minute thing of you just watching this corpse fart, and it was, yeah, that's I mean that's it. What do you think, Kim? And I was just I I was sitting there just laughing like so hard at certain points, like. Did you see me? Like I was literally crying, laughing. At yeah, yeah, he had some <laughs> which, tears coming up. <laughs> which is kind of, it just shows kind of like, yeah, I might not be the most mature person, but I mean, that's my type of humor. I'm sorry. Just, so. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, there were a few parts of that. Even though I've watched this before, that made me uh, laugh out loud. Uh, even though I'm not, I'm not the most reactionary person, but. And I'm not even with anybody right now while I was watching it, but I still... uh, Well, I was with Zach over the phone, but we had our mics muted most of the time. But there's a few times I turned it on and I was just (laughs) laughing. Like, I didn't didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. I just laughed. (laughs) Um, Let's see. So now we can get to... That is true. You did unmute your mic one time to just laugh. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted you to know that I was enjoying myself. (laughs) That's okay. I really it made me laugh. Don't worry. Yeah. All right. So now we can get into our uh, our ten point rating system. It still has no name. And also, oh wait, before I forget, so my sister bought me the first article of Movie Vault Vert merch ever created over Christmas. That was her Christmas present to me. So shout out to Mary Kate for. Uh, getting me that it was probably the best Christmas gift I got this year. It's pretty cool. Dang! And, Good job, Mary Kate. Yeah, and Shelby once again she took the picture that is on the sweatshirt. So if you see a guy walking around with a sweatshirt that has a picture of his face on it, I also has Zach on it, but you might not recognize him. Then you know it's me. So no, or it could be one of our many, many, many fans. Yeah, now we're getting. We're getting, if you're in Japan, you'll probably see many people with those. Yes, that's true. And we're, uh, we're, we've are we gotten lots of requests for uh, hoodies and, and merch and such. 
And so we are probably going to make it one of our goals into the new year to try to figure out some way to get some merch out there for those of you who might be interested. So that's a pretty cool thing before we movie vault underwear coming out 2021 2021 yeah we're gonna make next year the best year and the most comfortable year for you oh yeah it'll it'll fit perfectly all the curvatures of all the different types of humans yeah uh and no never mind (laughs) (laughs) yeah just like the things that we're probably gonna have to avoid in this movie we should probably avoid that continuing this conversation so what's next ben all right, so for our ten point scale, we always start with sentiment. How much do you? How much did you sentimentally like this movie? Uh, um, go Zach. Yeah, I think I think that. So I I laughed a lot in this movie, and comedy for me is is life. So I think that it was. I think that it, I gave it a seven because I really enjoyed like thoroughly, sentimentally watching this movie. What about you, Caleb? Uh, I gave it a six. Um, I'm not really sure why. Uh, I guess, I guess I just enjoyed it enough and I didn't want to give it a low rating just cause like, it's not really sentimental to me. It didn't like mean a lot to me, but I enjoyed it enough to the point where, yeah, I just, I guess like it can mean something to me, like maybe later, like, so yeah, I, I gave also, it a six. I also gave it a six and I watched it twice I might have liked it a tad bit better this time, but as I was like noticing some of the the messages, but still, I don't know. It's just not a movie that I would really come back to. I don't think. Like I didn't. I thought it was weird, and I thought it was funny, but I'm not sure that I would like come back to this unless somebody was like, "I really want to watch Swiss Army Man," and then I might like happen tonight. But yeah, six. Uh, message. I gave message a six and mainly because it took me a while to like, maybe, okay, maybe it was too deep for me, but I maybe, maybe it was too deep for me. That's all I have to say. I don't know. (laughs) It it was confusing. Yeah. I'd say, I'd say the farting message was really good. Like, honestly, like, why do we have to hide our first? Like, why? Like, why is it such a big deal? I think, I think it should be open and yeah, I think people should fart and celebrate it. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Now people are always like, "Ooh, that's gross. You're, you shouldn't do that uh, yeah, in front of people. But that's like immature. But everyone does it. And whether they yeah. try to do it, do it quietly, I I think I, I trained my body to, you know, be a sort of silent farter. But <laughs> is that <laughs> is that what we need in this world? Should, should, should we train ourselves to do something that's against our like biological, you know, fart instinct? Yeah, we were created just that way. Norms? Yeah. Is this the way that we were raised in society? Yeah. We're supposed to suppress something like that? So, so what was, what was your number score for this after the farting revelation? Okay. okay I gave it a five just because like that part was so good. But then like, I felt like a lot of it. The other messages kind of like diminished that message, so I kind of just evened it out. So I just gave it a five in the middle. Right. If yeah. not for some of the other messages, I'd give it a much higher message score. Yeah, I gave it a six, just like Zach. I think there's actually a lot here, but I think it was confusing how they presented a lot of the. There's a lot of like, oh, this guy experienced a lot of trauma, and uh, he's using this dead body who. I don't know. It's left up to interpretation whether the body is real or imagined. Um, but I don't know. It's just a lot of work to try to figure out what it means. And I don't know whether it really We're is. too lazy to figure it out. So if someone gave it a 9 or a 10 out there, please email us or whatever because we're too lazy to figure out the true meaning of it. So Yeah, and, and, and it, it seems like the, the message, as much as like the farting whole thing is funny... And I, I get its relevancy to real life. It is sort of, it, it's hard to take it as serious still if you're trying to be like, wow, this movie is so deep and meaningful. And then like, there's a guy farting for half the time. Like, I don't know. It's, it's a hard, they, I will give them kudos for trying to do that, but it is a hard line to go on. 
Um, let's see. What's our next category? Uh, plot, which we talked about sort of already. I gave oh, it a, sorry. Oh, yeah, go ahead, Zach. I'm sorry. I gave, I kind of gave it a high score. So I, I gave it, I'll just say, I gave it a seven. I think that it was an interesting plot, and it kept my interest. I don't think it was executed, like, perfectly, obviously, as you said, because there were they d- were put in a lot of weird situations that kind of, like, diminished the, the meaning of the movie. But I think, like, him kind of, like, finding himself, I don't know. There, there was a lot of cool things that I thought the plot was interesting. It was just, maybe that's more originality, but I give it a seven. Yeah, I, I failed to find the plot here. Like, I just didn't think there was much of one. I, it definitely kept my interest. And, like, after watching a whole movie through, I guess I could find something. But I feel like they just kind of went off just whatever, like, as they went through the filming of this movie. Like, they just kind of went off their instinct and kind of built it as they went along, I guess. So I gave it a four. Wow. wow. I I gave it a six. Um, yeah, I can kind of see both of you. Uh, I, I don't know. I just don't, I don't... The ending didn't really sit super well with me. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, it's not that... Com- the whole thing with his dad. Like, at the end, his dad just shows up. And then he's like... Like, he looks to his dad for affirmation to continue, like, being friends with the dead body. And his dad, like, shakes his head yes at him. Like, and that's like he's, he hasn't seen yeah. his dad in years. They only, like, how, and then he goes to his dad for affirmation to, like, continue playing with this dead body. Like, <laughs> what was that? And then, like, his dad's, like, smiling as, like, he's, like, making his body fart into the sea. Like, <laughs> and it was supposed to be, like, a serious moment. Yeah, it was supposed to be, like, a serious moment. Or, I don't even know. I don't know. This is, I uh, mean, it's entire, uh, that was, like, the entire, that, like, made up for his entire poor relationship for his father. Which, we kind of got the sense that his father wasn't, like, the greatest guy, because he was, you know, calling him some names that aren't exactly culturally acceptable to say um anymore and i uh, at the end he kind of stood up to his dad and was like dad don't say that but you know that was at the point where he was like levitating above on like a different plane of existence than the other people and they were just confused uh like the the girl that he's like in love with who is now married and Sarah. never never was interested in him at in him at all she let out a couple of expletives several times which might be what everybody watching the movie was also saying, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean it, the ending didn't. It sort of tied. I mean, I like. I'm a big. I'm as big a fan of ambiguous endings as anybody, and I think if they tried to make this movie make sense, it it would be worse than how they ended it now. But I don't know. It's just yeah. Anyway, it was a six. You know, it just, it just is. They need to make a second movie, Swiss Army Woman. That'd be good. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. I mean, you gotta balance. Yeah. Maybe that would Tina be about Faye. Tina Fey. Maybe that would be about the girl who he liked, who was like, Whoa. Sarah. And she had like a crisis after watching the whole thing. Ended up stranded. Except they recast her as Tina Fey. Except no, the the dead body of the dead woman body is Tina Fey. Oh, that would be a plot twist. Yeah, I would give the plot a higher score if that was the case. Yeah. So the Daniel team needs to get back together on this. They're not done yet. Uh, character arcs. Okay, so I I enjoyed the characters in this movie. I don't think there was a character that I didn't particularly like, um, because there were only really two characters for this whole movie, and you get to learn to kind of love them both. But so I gave it a six because I think that it was kind of good. It was kind of cool to see um, <clears throat> to see Manny kind of learning everything, like coming into him, like into himself, and like uh, finally realizing certain things about life. And I thought that was pretty cool. And I thought that Hank's uh, kind of little story arc of like realizing I, I, I'm going to be honest, I don't even know what Hank really realized besides the fact that like he's closer to the people that he thought and like that he needs to fix his relationship with his dad. Possibly he may be learned that. And maybe he learned that like 
he could have a friend out there if he just puts himself out there because he was he wouldn't talk to Sarah on the bus and then he was like forced to make a new friend with through uh, Manny. So maybe he learned that. And I, I, I think mainly for Manny's viewpoint, I gave it a six and then it was maybe it would have been higher. But uh, I think Hanks brought it down for me. What about you, Kill? Uh, yeah, I gave it a seven. Um, I thought it was kind of interesting. Like, you don't know anything about the characters as you start off, but like, it's kind of like a gradual. Um, I think like the more uh, into the movie, the more connected you get with the characters. And I thought the phone part was interesting because the whole movie, like Manny thinks that the phone is his and is working towards this girl. But then all of a sudden it comes crashing down and Hank tells him that it's his phone. And in the beginning of the movie, I didn't even know it was Hank's phone. So I guess that made the character arc a little more interesting for me. I'm not sure if like other people, like I might've missed a part, but like I thought it was Manny's phone as well. And so they changed that and uh, it turned out to be Hank's and that definitely added something to the character arc. And then, so yeah, and definitely the part, like the more you realize, the more you get into the movie, the more you realize like Hank is kind of a, not the most social guy. So it's just kind of interesting. So yeah, I give it a seven. Yeah, I also gave it a seven. And uh, I found, I actually was opposite of Zach. I actually thought that Hank's character arc was more interesting because uh, Hank's character is very much somebody who's like, who lacks a lot of self-confidence and they sort of know all these things are like possibilities in life but they don't he he doesn't feel like he deserves them or that he's not good enough to like even apply himself for these things so he's quite literally given up i mean at the start of the movie he's like trying to hang himself on life because he doesn't think that he has the capacity but through manny he sort of start starts to understand that way i do have the capability of doing this and and you know Manny's the one showing him but he sort of betrays Manny's trust and that uh, starts a conflict between them but then Manny you know sort of realizes that the friendship is important even if uh even if Hank hasn't been completely straight up with him and then but I think where it all sort of is like Hank fully is realized as a character at the end of the movie which he looks completely insane to everybody else, which is interesting as like this guy is going to end up in an asylum probably, but that is his fully realized character. So that's a little bit confusing, but he's not completely crazy. And I want to point out he is a very good artist with all of his uh, crafts that he makes. They're very oh, intricate. Yeah. And we find out that those are real to some degree, even if Manny yeah. is not real because, uh, they find them in the woods. It's also creepy because they didn't even have to go that far away from the woman's backyard yeah, to find all the creepy. That would be so creepy. Yeah, we like, have to find all those weird things that he made. We have to get into Brita moments for the whole uh, the for that part of the movie. Like, I thought it was strange how quick they got back to the to the shore. Yeah, like, that was very strange. Like for how long it took him to get to the backyard, how short it took him to get. True. I don't know whether because that's they're the... all just kind of following him and walking down. I don't know whether that's the same, or maybe it was that well, he had to go uphill and he was riding down. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't that far away, and the special compass just brought him in the wrong direction. He was just going sideways <laughs> the whole time. Maybe the for compass... those of you that haven't seen this movie, we are not going to explain what the special compass is. Unless you want, and, and just watch the movie, honestly. But don't bring it. Don't let your kids watch it. <laughs> Unless you are willing to explain to them some things. Anyway, yeah, this is probably not. It's 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 weird because it is an R-rated movie, but in some ways it seems like very like immature and like oh this is sort of. But then in other ways it's like this is content that is way you definitely need to be older, so. Definitely steer on, steer for caution on this one. Uh, let's see, what are we on? We're on cinematography. Okay, um, so I thought there was some pretty good shots. I thought my favorite shot of the whole movie was <laughs> okay. It was when they made that fake bus, 
and he put his they put their hands on each other oh, like yeah. on the book that was a good like pretty shot because there's like leaves falling and stuff and like um and it was just good lighting it looked like a really good shot i thought that was a good shot and then there's a lot of good like the flashback when he was flashing back to all these different th- scenes those were good shots so i gave it a six overall because i mean it was kind of gloomy and and i guess that's what they were going for but i thought the parts that stuck out were um brought it up to a six so i gave it the same thing i gave it a six uh just because nothing like really stood out to me i guess like i can't think of any scene that i was like oh wow that's really good film work uh but uh but it was pretty good overall i definitely liked the the where they're falling into the water scene that was definitely an interesting scene and oh yeah had me laughing but uh uh yeah i'd say that was probably one of the more intense um scenes and required probably some pretty decent cinematography there and then definitely the i don't know the his bodily functions i guess like that had to take some film work like i don't know how they did those things but it was it was interesting so i gave it a six overall i gave it a seven i actually thought for the most part it was pretty well shot a little bit above average and then yeah i think what really stood out to me was all of the uh the the sort of scenes where they were like dancing and making all of those creations doing all those uh things in the woods those were like magical scenes and i those I were really, good scenes. i really liked those I, and i the montage of him learned like teaching him all those things yeah that was, oh, that, was that was pretty cool i had some when, good shots in there montages can often be I, I you'll hear anybody who knows anything about film and i'm don't even know that much about film but i've heard lots of people complain about montages being used as like something that is like a, a holding the film up or like sort of a crutch but in this film they use it very well so anytime a film uses a montage well versus using it as like a we can't do anything better like in the notebook for example i was i just keep thinking back to how bad that montage was in the middle of the notebook but that's beside the point uh but yeah they they executed the montage well and it's just very like uh, it has its own distinct style of cinematography so then you know what movie relied a lot on montages? What? The Notebook. On the Notebook, yeah. Montages. Remember, really? the, the Notebook had like four montages. That's what I we just. That's what I just said. I was just. Oh, talking. I wasn't even paying attention. My bad. <laughs> Zach just got. Zach, Zach, Zach just got found out. I was literally said not. It was probably like thirty seconds before he said it. I was like, you know what? The the Notebook relies way too much on the montages and i just think about that all the time and then zach wasn't paying attention but it shows that we're on the same wave the same wavelength because you know zach was yeah. thinking the same thing i'm sorry but i do listen to you it's just not in that moment i'm sorry yeah <laughs> no, that's just... oh man now we're, the listeners are really finding out things no i'm just kidding <laughs> I, 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 we don't even put much effort into it or at least i don't i'm sorry guys i owe you more <laughs> <laughs> all right uh now that my feelings are hurt no they're not i'm just kidding uh we're going to originality um, you give it a 10 yes. i gave it, i also gave it a 10 yes, it's so <laughs> Look, think about it zach zach what about gulliver's travels or like uh i don't do know you... other stuff like they're just uh, stuck on an island how well yeah but this is different this is the only it's movie like this that exists what about like i i know a lot i can't think of any right now but i know, I know the structure the imaginary friend no, and then no, like the he has structure the movie imaginary well i mean like it's kind of he's imagining him being alive no i i still think like like at the end i think it hinted to him like actually like bringing him back to life because like everybody saw him fart off into the ocean so you know what I mean? Like, you know, if everybody yeah. saw that, then, like, there had to be something. I yeah. think like, maybe I, trying to make it that it's fake, but it's all, like, real. I think the originality was more in the execution. Like, I get that this, like, 
trope of like somebody's lost and this thing happens and they get back to their house that's been done countless times but the way that they did it was so unique that that's why it gets a 10 and the only other one i've given 10 for originality is donnie darko so dang i gave it a seven wow <laughs> i gave it so much i gave it a lot lower than you guys wow yeah no i i just thought i just thought the whole uh imagining like i don't know it reminds me of like Almost the notebook, <laughs> because he's trying to help this—he's trying to help this lady remember by telling stories about their past and stuff. And at the same time, it, you're right—the way it was executed, I've never seen before. But no, I, it, it just reminds me of like that imaginary friend, and then at the end of the movie, they find out it wasn't real the whole time or something like that. Yeah. And I guess it depends on your interpretation of the movie. And I was led to believe that it probably—he probably was dead the whole time because like nobody ever saw him alive. So I don't know. But I get you. I get it. I get it. I, I maybe I should have given it higher. Uh, also, I'm not letting the notebook go notebook. quite yet because uh, I was listening to a pod, uh, an episode of the Rewatchables, which is a podcast that the Ringer does on movies, and they did one on the Notebook. So I listened to it to hear how different they are thought of it than ours. Obviously, they thought of it higher than us because they theirs is like this is a rewatchable movie. I'm not sure that I would consider the notebook a rewatchable movie but anyway uh they were saying that the wow. old the old people were the worst part of the movie and that you know, i i was completely disagreed with that i liked whenever we were with the old people in the notebook and i hated being with the ba- brian gosling and rachel mcadams characters because they were so unlikable but they were likable as old people i don't know that's just that's just my rant on the notebook Maybe this movie is kind of like The Notebook in a way, like in many ways. Okay, I, I don't understand that. How does this movie like compare to The Notebook of all movies? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But now that we got to our, our biggest disagreement so far originally, now we'll go to <laughs> acting, which we might agree upon a little bit more. Um, so I thought it was pretty well acted. I thought Daniel Radcliffe did a pretty good job, even though the role was kind of like stupid, I guess. Like just, I don't know, but I gave it a seven. I just thought it was solid acting from both. I mean, there was some like cheesy parts where there was acting like, but I think for the script that they had, they did pretty well. Like, I think they encompassed the characters, those kooky characters. Well, what about you, Caleb? Um, I gave acting a seven. I just thought they did. A pretty good job. I mean, I don't like it didn't stand out to me. Um, I thought they interacted well with each other. I thought it was like definitely a great selection for the cast for those two characters. Um, I feel like a lot of the time, I feel like some of that stuff was definitely made up on the spot. Like, oh, like it improv. had to be, in my opinion. Yeah, like I felt like there was definitely a lot of improv going on. I'm not completely sure, but I mean, I just. Just I just have got that feel. So I, I gave it. Seven. I gave it an eight. Uh, I re. I thought Paul. I think a Daniel Radcliffe. That I think it, that was a harder role to play than some people might think. Just because of like I don't know. It's it. It would be hard to act like sort of alive but sort of dead. I mean I'm sure they did things that made it look more realistic. But it's it's uh it's a challenging. It's like sort of him proving his acting chops. I guess like. I, I've never watched Harry Potter, and I assume he's good in Harry Potter, but people might be like, oh, it's Harry Potter. Of course he's good because everyone likes Harry Potter. But it, So he has to go out and do something that's like difficult to prove himself. And I think he did that. And Paul Dano is this is my, his second best role that I've watched him, and obviously he is much better. Uh, maybe not much better, but he's he's better in There Will Be Blood, which is a really good movie, and much better than this movie in all categories. Besides maybe original, I don't know. Uh, but uh, I think it's funny that we're movie podcasters and neither of us have seen the Harry Potter franchise. Yeah, we'll have to. I, I don't. If somebody wants us to do it bad enough, we'll figure out a way to do it. But it would take a it take a little bit of motivation. Caleb, Caleb's a big fan. I do like Harry Potter. It would be difficult to do on this though because like there's eight movies and you have to watch all eight of them. Yeah, I feel like I would be. Now, I would have to do them all in a row is the problem. Yeah, yeah. I got I got school and a job, you it know, is, it's just it's like, long, you know, I don't think I got time. I got to watch other shows like Breaking yeah. Bad and The Clone oh, Wars. Gosh. 
Oh yeah, I'm gonna start break. So the office is leaving Netflix, which is sad because I haven't finished it. But I'm gonna finish season six, and then we'll call that good for a little bit. But I'll probably start Breaking Bad, which because you know you have to have a show on Netflix because you can download episodes. And then I'll go back to It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and maybe Brooklyn Nine Nine. I don't know. I haven't watched that. Uh, I would wait on Brooklyn Nine Nine. There are better shows out there, but I like I I really like Brooklyn Nine Nine. But yeah. you have you have a lot to watch, Ben. Yes, I do have a lot to watch. Um, okay, so style. This one shouldn't be too hard. I don't. Think um, I, I really say. like the style I, because I think this is probably where I took the originality score and put these point put into here. So I gave it a seven, again, which for me is good, just because I I really like the way that they, as you said, executed it and like the style of the movie was more like it was a mystery and a comedy at the same time. So like it's really funny. But you're also like, what is happening? Like, is this something deeper going on? So I, I think that I think that way was cool. Um, so yeah. What about you, Caleb? Uh, I gave the style a seven point five. Ooh, um, decimals. Yeah, I, I just thought it was. I don't. I don't really know how to rate style. <laughs> I guess I don't know. Like, I just I thought it was cool. I thought it was an interesting concept, and I definitely could compare the style to the originality but i mean i didn't i didn't want to give it too high a score because i don't know exactly how to rate the style i guess so i gave it a 7.5 i gave style a seven so pretty close and uh yeah it's it's uh it's good and it makes you it draws you into the movie and all of the the wood cutouts and stuff and I keep mentioning those are are great, uh, but as far as and A twenty four definitely has a like distinct style within the movies that they produce. So A twenty four is a production company like Disney or something, not as big, but they tend to produce these like smaller independent movies, and they all sort of have this feel of being focused on more like two characters versus being focused on a cast. So I think that is seen in this movie, but I would rank this movie sixth out of the seven uh oh, 24 movies that's lower. yeah it's pretty it's fairly low the only movie i would rank lower than this one on and this isn't maybe going to be popular but i would rank midsummer as my least favorite uh Ooh, so controversial. i don't know i just didn't like it. it was weird and not in a good way so don't watch midsummer and Unless you really like, unless you must, like, I just don't feel like it's a movie. I would give that movie a botch, probably. But I unless you like force me, yeah, it's weird. Uh, but so are all A24 movies. Uh, the Lobster is my favorite one, I think. Yeah, that's your number one, yeah. I can wow. go to uh, and pretty close is Good Time, which I am a huge fan of. And uh, let's see, uh, my list goes just to fill in the time. I don't know why. I, uh, the Lobster is one. Good Times Two. Uncut Gems is three. The Disaster Artist is four. Mid Nineties is fifth, and then Swiss Army Man and Midsummer. All of those movies are very well made, but like uh, two of them made my top twenty-five. So I, I think A twenty-four is like where you go to see the best of independent cinema. So if you don't know, and they're kind of all over the place. Like you can watch them on Netflix, Showtime canopy if you have access to that like there's a lot of places you can watch the movies so um that's my plug uh, that's my free advertising for a24 please please pay us please pay us next time uh all right so score this was an interesting okay. score i it was very interesting so it just i guess it depends this is more an opinion based one because it's uh whether or not you liked acapella <laughs> because the whole movie was acapella uh, sung and I think that was really cool. So I actually gave it a seven because uh, I mean it's not like well-made songs, but it's like creative. I guess it's cool. Yeah, I liked it a lot. They did a good job like dubbing all the the parts together, which I think that Hank played all the parts in like the intro song. So that yeah. was pretty cool. So and then like uh, um, and uh, Manny gets a lot into it too. He starts humming and singing eventually in the movie, but it's yeah, it's all acapella. Yeah, I thought that was interesting too. Uh, I gave it a seven, just because I really liked all the acapella stuff. But 
it was kind of repetitive annoying <laughs> at some points, but it was it was fine. I liked it. Um I really like the the one where they're cooking the popcorn though. Pop popcorn pop, 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 pop. Oh yeah, that was good. I gave it an eight. Pop, pop, pop. Isn't that isn't isn't that Pennywise? <laughs> Wait. I haven't watched pop, it. Pop, pop, pop. <laughs> Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I gave I gave it an eight, and maybe it was just because oh. the Jurassic Park theme was so catchy. Because of all, oh, yeah. of me and Zach kept humming the Jurassic Park theme after after the the movie was over. But no, I thought the acapella was a very creative way. It must have been, and I like how it transitioned. Like they would start humming, and then it would like become the soundtrack. Like as they kept humming it, that was cool. Uh, oh. Definitely not like most. Uh, scores you'll see in movies so maybe I'm writing it a little high because of originality but it's it is what it is all right and our final I think this is our final category is choreography yes okay so I think this is my highest I give it a nine wow let me explain let me explain to you why when when I think of choreography this is what I thought okay all of the creative ways that they used Daniel Radcliffe's body (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay they used him as caleb said as a gun um they used him to chop wood to hammer in stuff like they used his head to hammer in like pegs his arms and legs to chop wood they used his mouth for like a shower and like for like springs of water and then like even like he would, it was just so creative like all the movements his beard with his teeth yeah he shaved yeah. that was that was pretty funny and <laughs> and like he used him as a jet ski in the in the first scene and so that was kind of I, I just thought that was really cool because um, that's true. I thought that was creative, and that's like movement. So I guess the choreography kind of went with that movement. So yeah, no, yeah, I I would say the same thing. Like I love the way they uh, use his body. I don't know why, but I started out with giving it a five, and then I was like, wait, wait, wait a second. No, that was definitely like, higher, and so I ended up giving it an eight. Um, uh, but yeah, even like the weird, like just flopping around parts where they're like, that had to be hard. Like, especially yeah. like, I'm not sure like what exactly he was carrying around that whole time. Isn't that all he does in Harry Potter anyway? Just flop around on, <laughs> on his broomstick? <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe hasn't changed a bit. <laughs> but like, even like uh, Paul, Paul Dano? Paul Dano? Dan- Dano, I think. Dano? Yeah. He he was dragging that body around everywhere, and so I mean, it probably that probably took some uh, energy. It's so. funny because he was friends with he was friends with Manny even before Manny was known to be alive. Like he was, <laughs> he, was he was like cradling that dead body and like singing to it a very vulgar song that apparently his mom sang to him when he was little, and it was it was it was really hilarious and creepy and like demented at the same time because he's just like sleeping right next to this dead body in a cave and like cradling it and talking to it it enough said i don't know it was creepy yeah i gave it a seven i think i might have taken for granted you're right zach made some very good points about how creatively they used uh daniel radcliffe's body so maybe i underscored it a bit but it was definitely good choreography um i guess maybe since it's not an action movie it threw me off but yeah it's, it, it, it was good, and the dancing scenes were they had actually had actual choreography with dancing, in the party scene where he was like controlling, he had like he had him like he was strap- like a puppet, yeah he was like a puppet, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna yep. we're gonna k- take that uh, pause. I'm gonna edit it. It's gonna sound like very smooth. Instead of sounding so <laughs> awkward, but now we just explained to everybody that there was an awkward pause. So maybe. Hey, I'll... but it's not our fault. We're we're on Zoom once again, so yeah. unfortunately. Maybe but... I'll just leave it in, or maybe I'm just not good at reacting to things. I don't know. It's okay. You have to leave in that awkward moment if you leave in my stupidity of for not hearing you say the notebook. Oh yeah, and if if I leave in the part about where I said I was a soft farter or whatever. Oh yeah, <laughs> your family's gonna love that one. Yeah. They are. <laughs> Hey guys, <laughs> and they're gonna be wondering. They're gonna be like, they're finally gonna realize like what the smell was that entire time. Like yeah. your dad was looking through the vents and everything, but it was just you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What are the final scores? 
<laughs> okay, my final score added up to be a 70%, which is high for me. So I, re I really enjoyed this movie. It had its flaws. It had some character moments that I didn't like and some weird... The plot wasn't my favorite, but I, I gave it a 70. What about you, Caleb? I gave it a 67.5. I honestly thought it would be higher for me because I really, really enjoyed the movie. So I'm surprised mine was so low. Yeah, honestly... If I was to rate it just like based off of how much I enjoyed it, I'd probably give it like a seventy-five or an eighty. I I gave it a uh, seventy-two total, which is actually a little bit higher than I was expecting. So I guess if you even Caleb thinking his was going to be higher and me thinking mine was going to be lower, we'll hit the the jackpot. But uh, yeah, it's a good, it's a well-made movie, so it's hard to like like, and it's original. The plot and the th the first three categories were really the only things dragging down the score for me. So, um, same the, the plot, character arcs, and uh, sentiment. But everything else, I I mean, maybe it's not sentimentally a movie that I would watch a lot or like a, a ton, but I think it's it's like pretty decent. So, uh, if if you're in the mood for a strange experience, pop this into the, your Netflix. Yeah, it's kind of like those, you know, those rides that like spin you really fast at like Cedar Point or something like that. Yeah. Like those ones that just go in circles. Like you got to try it once, like to see what it's like. But after that, like don't do it again. It just makes you sick. Yeah, exactly. It's like check it off the list, you know. But yeah. if, you, if, you, if you guys watch Eraserhead, you'll be like, this movie was so normal. I'm telling you, we'll have to watch it sometime. Okay. <laughs> Wait, so, oh, yeah. sorry. We have to get into Brita moments, right? Brita moments with Brita. I need a professional musician to make that jingle. Maybe Brita. Yes. We should get Jillian Jacobs. We should DM her on Instagram every day. Please make us a jingle for your character that we think is bad. And we can we can put in parentheses like we know it's gonna be really bad. Just go along with it. Yeah, that would actually make it better for us. Yeah. <laughs> but uh i think there's actually sort of a lot here in the in the brita moments like we talked about how did he get to the shore at the end of the movie so fast when it took him so long to get to where he was seeing people how did he make all those things in the woods obviously that's probably not supposed to be realistic but still it was how was he how was he bite how was he walking right after he got bit by a bear like really hard on his foot it, like cut his leg open yeah yeah, that and he was like walking right after that. Um, I mean, he was carried. He was carried to the house, but then like right after that, he's fine. You know, he just yeah. starts walking and he run, He runs to the to the beach and everything. So, yeah, yeah. He also like in the beginning of the movie, he's on like some deserted island, and then somehow he ends up on the beach right behind the house where the girl he likes is living. So I don't really get. Yeah, that. it was kind of strange how. Um, Manny found her house also. Yeah. Like, if he doesn't have any recollection of how society works, like, even if he found an address yeah. on the phone, yeah. how could he find her house? And, like, how was it right next to where they were? And how, like, is that a coincidence? Like, and then, like, they didn't even explain the island in the beginning, like Caleb said. Like, they didn't explain why he was on the island, who he is, even. Like, they didn't explain either character, which, of course, it could be open for interpretation, but. It was kind of interesting because it seemed like they were setting it up so they were going to explain that, but they didn't. Yeah, and yeah, I think the dad. yeah, the dad. That's what I was going to bring up. You're right. The dad character was not well executed. I don't think. Yeah, it, he just comes back. He's like, "What are you doing, son?" Like they haven't. I, he he makes it makes the audience believe that like we are the audience, by the way. That like hasn't he hasn't been seen. They haven't seen each other in like many many years because they just send those emails. And then all of a sudden he's like, what are you doing, son? And he's like watching his son talk to this dead body. And then like he looks to his dad for affirmation. And he shakes his head. Yes. Also, his dad is like his dad is like when he's talking to the dead body. If I one of my family members was talking to a dead body, I would be concerned and like worried about their health. He was like, you're embarrassing me and our family. I'm like, is that your first concern? Like you thought you were crying because you thought your son was dead. And now you're like worried that he's embarrassing you. Like he's been in the wilderness. At least like he could be going crazy. 
I mean, that's somewhat logical. Why is everybody so shocked that he's been gone and lost for forever? Why is everybody like, why is he acting strange? I would think when you've been outside of society for so long, of course you're acting weird. And that stupid news lady was like trying to force him into an interview like a yeah. few minutes after he just got back. Does that like, happen? Did they let the news? I feel like he did, had he even gotten medical attention at that point? He got bit by a bear. And I think his ankle was broken or torn or something. I don't know. That, it was that, pretty bloody. Most of our problems come from the start and end of the movie. The middle's pretty locked tight. Yeah, I, I, I wish it was... I kind of wish... I think this would have been a better movie if they didn't have the whole coming back to society and they just kind of lived in the woods together. They, not knowing if he's crazy or not. I would not have liked that. Just because like, there wouldn't have been any conclusion. Yeah, but there's no conclusion now like, anyway. And the, point, <laughs> and the point is that Hank should live away from society forever. That is better for him. The end. No, well, I think it would have been a good lesson, too. Like, you can find friendship anywhere, you know? And they even were in the middle from, of the jungle. Even from corpses. They, no, <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, no, you're wrong. <laughs> Your imaginary friends are good enough. Zach, stop. No, no, never mind. <laughs> no. Ben was about to expose my imaginary friends to y'all, just so you know. Meet Larry. No, I'm just kidding. Zach doesn't have Tiffany, Larry, Benjamin. Oh, wait. <laughs> Benjamin. I'm Benjamin. sorry. I have Am an imaginary friend. Thomas, Sawyer. I feel like there's movies about people who like they think are real but aren't real. But I'm I'm blanking out what other movies there are that are like that. I know there are out there somewhere. Oh oh oh! This, oh, oh yeah, spoiler warning for the movie The Sixth Sense. Oh, but The yeah. Sixth Sense. Yeah, <laughs> I would say more, but I really don't want to ruin the ending for people. And yeah. uh, uh, and then Christopher Robin was another movie that I didn't think executed this uh, quite how it could have because. Spoiler alert for Christopher Robin. At wait, the wait, end wait. Of the, we should give I, him three seconds to do the 30 second. You know, there's 15 seconds you can skip on Apple and yeah. Spotify. So three, two, one. That's your chance to skip it. Okay, go. All right. So in Christopher Robin, I just watched it at the end of the movie. His daughter and his wife find out that the animals can actually talk. And so Christopher Robin is no longer imagining the creatures. They are actually real. And I thought that that was not a way to handle how you, they should have handled the That's not how movie. it is in the books. Like the old, no, old, they, old he should have still been pretending, and they got him through the situation because he was still pretending they were real. Maybe he would show his daughter how to pretend, and but when his wife got involved and other people, I just was like, no, this... And yeah, other he, he Winnie the Pooh was like talking to like taxi drivers and stuff. Like, no. Uh, that The movie was good because it was the a serious Christopher Robin movie like for adults, kind of. But the ending kind of like threw it off. But that's my maybe we'll review that movie at some point. But that's my Christopher Robin rant. Anyway, uh, we are back. So if you have skipped the spoiler of Christopher Robin, we spoiled a lot of movies on this that aren't the movies that we're reviewing. I I spoiled Ocean's Twelve once. Uh, <laughs> Such a popular one. Yeah, everyone's like, oh yeah, we. I was bummed when he talked about Ocean's Twelve. But uh, let's see. Well, stock market. I mean, I guess I'd buy stock in Paul Dano and Daniel Radcliffe. I th- um, Paul Dano's gonna be. I don't in, know if I'd... Paul Dano's gonna be what? in Batman. Oh really? He's the Riddler. Yeah. With, with our favorite, with our favorite actor. With our uh, patron saint of the movie vault, Robert Pattinson. <laughs> oh my gosh we we we're reviewing that the next day we have to be the official podcast for that movie because it's our favorite actor i think we have to be the official robert pattinson like i need i we we need to do another robert pattinson movie and we need to uh uh every robert pattinson movie we need to like hype up i don't i don't i and i'm being bad at this because i don't actually know other than batman what he's going to be in Well, he was in Tenet. We reviewed Tenet. So we're, we're, we set a precedent. We didn't really review Yeah, we it. did Good Time Tenet. Yeah, we watched Tenet when it came out. So yeah, I mean, uh, Paul Dano, I think, is a good... He's I think he's a respected character actor. I don't think he'll ever be like a lead man or anything. But uh, Oh, so we, apparently we need to watch The Devil All the Time with Tom Holland. With Tom Holland. I was yeah. actually going to suggest that tonight. 
but I decided this movie instead. Okay. Well, we'll have to review The Devil all the time for our undying support of Robert Pattinson. But, uh, because he's so good. Which is weird, because when he was announced as Batman, I, I didn't think he was that good. Oh, and we need to watch The Lighthouse. That's another A24 movie with Robert Pattinson. Anyway, now I'm getting sidetracked. There's not really a lot of other people to buy stock in other than A24. I mean, I'd buy stock in them, I guess. Yeah, I'll put $52.63 in them. Yeah, but uh, maybe they've peaked. You watched Hereditary, right? That's an A24. I did. That's an A24. I, that's a, I did not know that. That one I actually liked. It's kind of eerie, and I like the soundtrack in that one. They do a lot. Like, uh, A24 does a lot of psychological horror movies. So, like, I, I said Midsummer. That's one of those. I didn't like it, but maybe there's other ones that are better. Um, and other than that, like, I guess the camera man, I wouldn't buy stock in him. The I, the girl Mary Elizabeth Winstead she was good enough but I don't know she was she was yeah. not she was not like anything special I don't think unless they make Swiss Army Woman of course with Tina Fey yeah that's and sequel Mary, <laughs> are we rooting always, for a, always a good idea making a sequel of a yeah. successful franchise and the directors it's kind of weird because I don't know if they've done any other movies together or whether they've done them all separately uh so i don't know whether i'd buy stock in them but they seem like good independent movie directors so the daniels they're known as the daniels oh actually they have directed uh oh they directed the um the death of dick long wait that's not the movie i'm thinking of i don't think yeah that might not be the one i'm thinking of Oh, I'm thinking of the death. I hope of, not. I'm thinking of the the death of Dick Dick Johnson, but that's a different. Movie. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Next. What's up next? Um, let's see. Oh, let's go to feedback. Uh, have we gotten any feedback? I don't think we have. No, well, we, we responded got, to. Uh, oh, go ahead. We got a suggestion from Zach's brother to do the SpongeBob movie, so we might do that sometime, I guess, since he kindly asked. So shout out to Blake. Yep. I yep, read thank your you, email. Blake. Wait, read what his email said. It's kind of kind of strange. Uh, and I have to pull it up. Let's see. Let's his see whose phone is faster. His email says, "Bro, do SpongeBob the movie, the first one, though." K. Period. And his, uh, his. Hey, at least he's he's good in his grammar. His account is a turtle. So, yeah, Blake, we might we might just do it sometime, because you nicely. Hey, asked. turtle boy. <laughs> and he also gave us our only uh, written review on iTunes. So if anybody else wants to join Blake in the cool club of people who have written us reviews, like actually wrote a review on iTunes or or Apple Podcasts. And uh, rate us, hopefully high, uh, then go ahead and do that. Because, well, Apple Podcasts is kind of stupid because people either rate things fives or ones. So please, I guess just give us a five. I don't know. Do whatever you want. But write write something, I guess, maybe if you want to. That would be cool. Yes. And also, it's not funny when friends give us ones as a joke. Because this is our livelihood. This is how what pays the bills, you know? Yeah, we are banking our educations on this. And if it's not successful, we will become riddled in debt and we will beg you for money, those of you who gave us one stars. Um, okay. You know who you are. You know who you are. She probably doesn't listen to it anyway. It doesn't matter. All right, move on. Okay, what are your final you know who you are. Final thoughts and conclusions on uh, this movie? Um. Okay, so I originally thought this movie was like, a serious movie after kind of watching the trailer, but then Caleb and you kind of said it's more of a comedy and I really enjoyed it more as a comedy. I think it fit as a comedy for the deeper meanings that it went for. As you said, it kind of was diminished by the comedy, but overall I'm going to say comedy. So so many times the comedy aspect of this movie was my, the best part I would say along with the interesting storytelling and the interesting act characters and how their actors portrayed them. So I really liked this movie. I think it deserves a 70%, which is really good for me and uh, actually from you too. So, um, yeah. Although I've given a lot more 70%. Oh, go ahead, Caleb. What about you, Ben? 
Um, okay. Sorry, what? I guess I'll go. Um, uh, this uh, this one is sort of the law of diminishing returns. The more fart jokes, the less funny it gets. He talks a lot about the law of diminishing returns. That's why I brought it up. Uh, Hank does. But no, seriously, uh, it is definitely better as a comedy. I agree because it's it's sort of uh, trying to do this thing where it's like a very serious movie, but it very utilizes very like off kilter and immature or would be considered immature, I guess, humor, even though it's trying to make the point that it, it shouldn't be immature. I don't know. It's sort of all over the place in that. But what it does give is a heartfelt story about two pe- two people one who is alive and one who is dead who make a friendship <laughs> that is very meaningful go ahead caleb yeah again i agree uh i definitely think this movie is better as a comedy uh than as a serious movie but i feel like i feel like the serious aspect uh was definitely diminished like on purpose i think because because or else they probably wouldn't have had that scene at the end because yeah, that just true. felt like wholeheartedly just as like a complete joke. So like it might have felt like they were going towards a more serious side, but then it just like went downhill and back to the comedic aspect. And so I think it's definitely intended to make a joke out of like the serious side. You know, but, I do think this parallels another movie. Spoiler alert for the movie Soul. Three, two, one. It's just like Soul because... It's a dead guy and a, and a live person becoming friends. You can have life. I guess you can have um, friendship beyond death. That's what we've, we've learned in 2020. Yeah. And uh, um, I think that's everything. This is also our longest podcast ever. <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. We yeah. keep breaking our record. every. Actually, last week we didn't technically break our record. But uh, an hour and eight minutes, guys. But I th- as long as we have good things to say, hopefully people are willing to listen to us. So that's what I'm going to go with. There's a lot to okay, talk about with this movie. Yeah, yeah, we all liked it, and Caleb loved it. So I loved it. I loved it actually, which is good I because because he. Did uh, the movie sold... make me cry? I like it. Good or bad? <laughs> good or bad crying? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, laughing with tears. That's always a good yeah. thing. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. it is now time for me to give the social media plugs. Uh, Instagram at the movie vault. Twitter at Movie Vault, uh, the the email where you can send us anything, oh, not anything, but anything within reason that you would like to send us, the Movie Vault Pod at Gmail dot com. If you don't send us, we, we will prosecute people who send us weird things. Um, <laughs> let's see. We have we have a good team of uh, lawyers on our side. Don't worry. Yeah, we actually yeah we actually do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and next week, uh, I think we're, ha- I think Kenzie's going to be on the podcast. We've said that for weeks, but well, actually we didn't. We just said we have so, a special guest. Kenzie keeps, Caleb dro- is a special guest, Kenzie keeps, dip- Kenzie keeps dipping on us. So maybe at some point next week, she will be on the podcast. And if she's not, don't get too disappointed because if you are trying not to be disappointed, don't put your faith in Kenzie being on the podcast, but she might. And if she's not, I guess we'll figure something else out. Um, yeah, that's that's all. And now it's time to close the vault. Do I close the vault? Of course. Caleb does. Yeah. Uh, okay. <clears throat>